Welcome to episode 15 of Your Town Crime. This week, the dart hit Natchitoches, Louisiana. We talk about meat pies, steel magnolias, and whether justice was served in the true crime Shannon brings us. Thanks to podbean.com and to podbelly.com for helping us get our podcast started and out to the world. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and share it with all your friends on social media and wherever you can. Word of mouth goes a long way. We appreciate it. Enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 15 of Your Town Crime. This is Natchitoches, Louisiana. Natchitoches. Natchitoches, Louisiana. Yeah, not to be confused with Nacogdoches. Texas. Texas, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when we hit Natchitoches because it's spelled not anything like it sounds. Right. N-A-T-C-H-I-T-O-C-H-E-S is pronounced Natchitoches. So uh, there we go. Uh, I've never been there. Have you been there? No, but there. when I looked at it, it was so beautiful. It looks it so pretty. It is. It's it's pretty. I've I've crossed the Red River in Arkansas, uh, going into Texas, close to Texarkana, but never been to Louisiana. So bucket uh, list. It's on the bucket list mm-hmm. for sure. Louisiana. I don't know how I haven't been there. The history is great. Um, guess we need to take a trip down and uh, and go. Go to Clarksdale, Mississippi, down in Louisiana, mm-hmm. and hit Natchitoches. So, yeah. So, episode 15, I can't believe it. It's happened pretty quick. We so say fast. that every week. I, I know, know y'all are like, quit talking about that. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's, it's great seeing you guys listen every week, seeing our numbers go up. And we can tell we're, we're growing. We can tell that you all are telling your friends and that we're getting, getting out there. And we appreciate that. Uh, shout out to Amanda again. <laughs> Amanda is officially grouped out. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks for listening. And uh, to everybody else, thanks. Thank you so much. Yes. Um, So so what's been going on? You've been teaching. You were telling me a story earlier about uh, about teaching and the podcast. Yes. So I had an evaluation and, you know, you're married to a teacher. So you have people coming in watching you teach a lesson. And we're talking about water um, and one well, how we need to take care of our water and how we all use it. And it's part of the water cycle and, you know, all that stuff. So uh, in our book that we're reading, it mentioned an aquifer. And I knew this was hard for third grade level you know Mm -hmm. they may not know because I really didn't know what an aquifer is so I thought hey I now know let me share so I shared some information that you had shared on Andrews Texas podcast so if you haven't listened to that and you want to know more about an aquifer (laughs) go listen to Andrews Texas and I used that in my lesson and uh, my evaluators had actually wrote a comment saying that they liked how I brought tied that into a real life scenario you know, and so it was good. Yeah. Well, Thanks for neat. that. <laughs> so we're teaching, teaching you guys what aquifers are and teaching little kids. Yes. Little third graders what aquifers are. Yep. Very cool. Uh, that's pretty nice. So you never know what you're going to learn on here. <laughs> I think we've all, all learned something. Um, I mean, you got to, you're paying attention. 
going to learn something. And it's yes. great. Learn something new every day. That's what they always say, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So you just want to just wanna go ahead and jump into this? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So Natchitoches, Louisiana is the uh, parish seat. They don't have counties down there. They have parishes. Uh, the parish seat of the uh, Natchitoches Parish. Um, okay, it, wait. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So they don't have counties. They don't call them counties. They call them parishes. Parishes. Okay. And I remember uh, after Katrina, I'd hear that a lot. Okay. I don't think I knew that. That's probably when I when I learned that. Uh, they talk about different parishes, and I was like, what are they talking about? Well, it's the county. Okay. And uh, so-and-so town was in so-and-so parish. Interesting. So, yeah, that is interesting. Is that a... French thing? I, I'd say do they so. Do that? That's a, okay. I, I don't. I don't know if that's. I'm. I'm assuming. Okay. Uh, I didn't look into that too much, but I'm assuming that's that comes from the French connection. And uh, okay. So, but it's a uh, has a population of about eighteen thousand. When I thought that was kind of small mm-hmm. after looking at the town and and uh, on Google and Google Earth and kind of checking it out, uh, I thought it would be a little bit bigger than that. But uh, it's not, which is kind of nice because it's a beautiful town and they can kind of. Enjoy it being mm-hmm. that 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 big uh, or that small. Actually, yeah, you know, there's not a, a lot of people right. there to uh, distract from the beauty. Yes, or ruin the or beauty. ruin the beauty. Yeah, because we kind of do that, don't we? Mm-hmm. People do. Um, so it was uh, established in 1714 by. I gotta say this in French. <laughs> Uh, and my wife's going to listen to this. <laughs> she's going to make fun of me because she thinks she knows French. <laughs> that she's is say, You said that wrong. Um, she took French in high school. <laughs> and, and she's an expert. <laughs> and she's an expert. Yeah, she's fluent because she took it in high school for two years and, and has been to France a couple times. Um, there's, <laughs> we went to Paris a few, t- few years ago, took, a, took some high school kids there on a, on a tour. Uh, shout out to EF Tours. If you mm-hmm. don't know what they are. And you got a kid in high school, uh, talk to their teachers and see if you can't get an EF tour uh, trip up uh, after, after the, the COVID restrictions ease up and go on a trip. Um, they've got them all over the world. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can take, take kids. They've got great tour guides. So anyway, EF tours. But we were in Paris, and uh, she ordered a, a crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that... How she pronounces that's, it or how well, you... <laughs> that's not how she pronounces it. That's me trying to pronounce it like her. And uh, and then she tries to pronounce it like uh, someone from France would. And she's probably wrong too, but she's not going to admit that. But we were in Paris and she ordered some crepes, some crepes. I say crepes. She says, that's not it. You need to put the... the accent on what I was so anyway I, I didn't even try but she ordered and the guy said you know how many he asked her that in French and I guess she understood and I uh, said un I guess right un, yes un deux trois that's probably all I know yeah. in French um, and then he he made it and then she said I need one more and said something in French and then he got mad at her because he was going to make both of them at the same time. And he, <laughs> he wanted yeah, it to be easy. He did the Parisian thing, you know, the, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> excuse me to all the French people, but you know what I'm talking about. You know that, I don't know. He Just so, that little attitude. That, yeah. A little bit, that little Parisian, Parisian attitude. Uh, Emily got some of it back and it was great, <laughs> but she, she's going to blast me for, for trying to pronounce this. But anyway, all right. 19 or excuse me, 1714. Uh, French explorer Luis Jusero 
They sent Denise. Okay. They sent Denise. I'm going to say it one more time. I can't ever say it right. Louise Zezero, they sent Denise. It's pretty good. Sounded. I, I feel like I'm not flu. I'm not fluent or an expert in French, but Emily will tell us. That felt great. Yeah, Emily <laughs> will let me know how that sounds. Uh, but he uh, he came in and he established a fort, Saint Jean Baptiste. Okay. Saint John Baptist, John the Baptist, mm-hmm. as we would say. Uh, it's the oldest permanent European settlement uh, in the 1803 Louisiana Purchase. So that's uh that's pretty old. It was you know it was purchased in 1803, and this was this was settled before that. So in the United States, that's an old old village. It was a uh, an outpost, and they put it there right on the Red River, um, so they could trade with Spanish in Mexico. They said uh, they said uh, San Denis, uh he was there to try to find out where the Spanish were and kind of keep an eye on them. He he uh, set up some trade with the Spanish and with Mexico, or the Spanish in Mexico, and also the Indians in the area. Uh, and the French, uh, the traders were actually in the area as early as uh, 1699. So they were there a little bit earlier than, than, than uh, San Denis. Uh, it's named after the Natchitoches Indians. Uh, the village that was there, the tribe, and um, they settled not too far from them. Uh, didn't didn't get a lot of the history on that this time. Uh, didn't see a lot of that. Didn't get into it. But I'm sure somewhere along the way, I think San Denise was pretty good to them and traded with them. Uh, but I'm sure somewhere along the way we mm-hmm. uh, we treated them awful. Like I'm uh, sure history has proven time and time again. Uh, the Creole people there. Uh, that's the the ethnic group. That's the it's what they're called, the Creole. And um, it's a mixture of different, kind of everything. Um, I was watching a, a, a video, a documentary. Uh, it's called the, the documentary, by the way. You, need to, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Natchitoches, a Tricentennial uh, from 2014. You can find that on, on uh, YouTube. And there was a lady there who has Creole heritage, and she says, she doesn't consider herself white or black. She just considers herself Creole. Uh, she's a mixture of everything. Another lady on the on the uh, the documentary said that uh, the best way she can describe it is if you are if you are of colonial Louisiana descent, you're Creole. You've probably got European um, and African descent, maybe some uh, uh, Native American descent too. Just everything you know, you've got. Uh, Spanish, you've got uh, African, like I said, Scottish, English, mm-hmm. uh, Native American, just everything. It's just a mixture. Now they're the Creole people. Cotton and agriculture uh, became a big uh, business in the area, and plantations started popping up. And um, two of them there are Magnolia and Magnolia and the Oakland plantations. Those are kind of the two most famous. Um, the Magnolia Plantation, I saw, found them on uh, a ghost adventure show from 2009. Oh, gosh. If y'all have heard of them. <laughs> where they go, uh, they go find, go to find ghosts, and then uh, as soon as there's a noise made, they get scared and run out of the room, and you, you never get to see what's in the room. <laughs> so I don't know how they're ever going to find a ghost. <laughs> they say they have, but, you know, you never, 
And if you're watching it, if you go back, it's 2009. The dude's wearing like Django jeans and an <laughs> Ed Hardy shirt. Did you like, own an Ed Hardy shirt? No, I never did. Never <laughs> did. 2009. No, I wasn't. Nah. Okay, you're you're probably wearing Hollister. Hollister. I probably had a hat shirt or two. In I feel like. But, all right, let me tell you about Hollister. <laughs> I, I did go in there. I, I think I did. But they had, like, athletic cut shirts. Mm-hmm. If you, I'm 6'3", and at the time, 2009, I was pretty skinny. I was probably at my skinniest as an adult. And uh, I was probably around 200. 200 well, I never was 200. 200 210, <laughs> I was probably around 210. Mm-hmm. And I was wearing extra large shirts, but you'd go in there, and the extra large athletic fits were. Super tight. Not. <laughs> extra large athletic fits they were like i'm talking about it was a there would have to be some little little i'm talking nobody over five five was wearing this yeah. extra large shirt mm-hmm. i had i don't know who's gonna wear this extra large shirt <laughs> so i think mostly i had some trunks i think i still got the trunks okay from hollister but no yeah. i wasn't wearing a lot of hollister <laughs> i'm not that cool so hollister uh, and abercrombie nah, i feel like nah. that was 2009 I have got some Abercrombie shirts. In a shorts, nutshell. Shorts, but, <laughs> and maybe some cologne from back in the day. <laughs> but, uh, Still. Uh, yes, yeah, I didn't use it much. But, uh, that's right, before, that's right, before, that's the year I met Emily, so. Oh, God. That's so weird, much has changed. That's a weird year. <laughs> anyway. All right, moving along. <laughs> so, on the ghost adventures, if you, I watched about the first 20 minutes of it, and then they started getting into the ghost stuff, and. Really didn't care about that, um, but anyway, you can see uh, some pretty good tours of the Magnolia Plantation and see some history uh, of that. Uh, it's actually, um, it's actually that was actually pretty good. And the dude even runs, you know, he's running from the ghosts. Mm-hmm. He runs from some carpenter bees. There's some <laughs> carpenter bees flying around. You know, there's big <laughs> bumblebees that won't really bother you. They might just check you out. Yeah. So he gets freaked out and like, let's go inside, <laughs> and runs off and house. That's yeah. me in the basement from yeah. the wasp. The wasp, yeah. yeah. We but saw they them. actually will get you. Yeah, they, they can sting, yeah. The big bumblebees. I don't think I've ever heard of mm-hmm. anybody getting stung by them. I stepped on one before. Really? Got stung. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another plantation is the Melrose Plantation. Um, it was built for and by freed slaves. So that's pretty neat. They used the knowledge that they had learned um, and and built their own plantation and used it to, to thrive and prosper, and that's great. Uh, later, it became a haven for an artist, and um, one of the artists that was there, her name was uh, Clementine Hunter, and she was a painter, and she lived, uh, she, it wasn't too long ago when she died, uh, but she lived there uh, for a long time, and uh, if you go there, you can see in one of the buildings, she painted a bunch of murals, and you can also find her, her paintings in the museum in, in Natchitoches. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty cool history on that place. Um, and some of the, some of the original owners of the plantation, their families, uh, are still around. Let's see. In 1803, uh, that was when the Louisiana purchase that expanded the United States from Louisiana across the Mississippi river up, uh, through central America, central America, um, up into our Northern border. What's our Northern border now? Uh, so that was a huge purchase of land. Kind of changed some things. Brought some people into the, into Louisiana that that weren't there before. Um, opened it up to the rest of the world. 
Um, then not long after this, the uh, the Red River actually shifted and it's and it changed its route. It was going right by Natchitoches, real close, um, and then it shifted and it kind of broke away. It wasn't as close, uh, so they're instead of moving the town closer to the river, they just kind of stayed where they were. Uh, more of the trade ended up going up north to Shreveport, Louisiana, and Shreveport started kept growing and is a huge town now. And Natchitoches quit growing, um, but this was a large part of that. And uh, people that live in Natchitoches now, uh, some of them are glad that that happened because it, it kept the history. Uh, it didn't get the buildings didn't get knocked down for progress, uh, and a lot of their history was saved. Mm-hmm. So that's uh that's pretty neat. Um, They've actually got brick brick streets there. They're main streets uh, paved with bricks, mm-hmm. and uh, it's on a state ha- highway. So if you know anything about state highways going through a town, it can be kind of difficult to get anything done. There's regulations that you have to go by, and they wanted to, uh, in the 50s and 60s, they wanted to come through and rip up the brick and pave it because mm-hmm. it's easier, it's cheaper. You don't have to take out bricks and then put them back and try to preserve all that stuff. Uh, but some women stood their ground and said, nope, you're not going to do it. Kind of mm-hmm. stopped the bulldozers kind of deal. And uh, the governor got called, and the governor's like, you know, I can I can stand up and fight a bunch of people, you know, uh, politically, but I'm not getting in the way <laughs> of a bunch of mad women. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, give them what they want. Yes. Just let them keep their street. And uh, they got it done, and the street is still there. Uh, so then if you ever go to Natchitoches and you're – you're walking up and down the street and you see those bricks. That'd be so pretty. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can thank thank those ladies uh, for doing that and standing up for that. Uh, so uh, it's still there. Uh, the Civil War came through Louisiana and just like uh, everywhere in the South and in the United States during that time, um, Union soldiers were re- retreating through Natchitoches and they burned the town trying to trying to slow the Confederates down that were chasing them. And I guess it did because the Confederate soldiers were in pursuit of the Union soldiers that were running, and they helped put out the fires and save the town. Um, but the Confederates later were on the run, and during the war they actually uh, did damage a lot of the plantations up and down the river. Um, the Confederates had a lot of cotton that they stored in Natchitoches um, to help support their war effort, um, and uh, so they were trying to protect that in Natchitoches. After the Civil War, agriculture and uh, manufacturing began to decline. Uh, agriculture declined because uh, one reason was slavery um, had been abolished and uh, machinery started being made uh, so you didn't you didn't need the people uh, thank goodness mm-hmm. uh, we got rid of that awful awful part of history United States history uh, but uh, cotton also uh, in the United States anyway uh, started to decline after that so in the 1970s, uh, the mayor in Natchitoches uh, kind of said, "Hey, let's uh, we've got a beautiful town. Let's uh, let's get tourism going. Let's see what we can do." So they started uh, pre- preserving the history, preserving their dis- their downtown. They got it listed as a national historic district, which uh, puts in place some uh, some things to get them uh, to where they they can protect things. You have to have certain criteria if you want to. If you want to update or do anything, you have to go through, uh, you got to jump through some hoops and keep it, uh, the natural history or the national history preserved. Uh, the Magnolia and Oakland plantations became na- national historic landmarks. 
and you can go in today and go on tours there. Um, they're up, they're up to about 50 bed and breakfast in Natchitoches. Mm-hmm. A town of 18,000 people has 50 bed and breakfast. Yeah. That's awesome. So you can tell it's just a beautiful town, a uh, quaint little, little town, uh, the magnolia trees. Uh, speaking of magnolia trees, still magnolias. Uh, was filmed here, and you can stay in a magnolia, still magnolias bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. Watch the movie there, and turn around and see, you know, look at where the scenes actually took place yeah, and where the so conversations. Cool. Yeah, and um, um, they also started the movie industry, bringing some movies in there. Um, one of the uh, still magnolias, like I said, but the horse soldiers from John Wayne, a John Wayne film was filmed in Oakland. Uh, still magnolia is a big one. The writer, uh, Robert Harling, uh, who wrote the, who wrote Still Magnolia's about his sister, uh, her, his sister's death. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he wrote that about his hometown. He's from Natchitoches. And uh, it's got Julia Roberts, Dolly, Dolly Parton, Parton. Sally Field. Sally F- oh, yeah, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. Wrong. You know what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. He knows Smokey and the Bandit? Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember seeing it. Sweet. And then... Yeah, it's 1989 is when that came out. Um, I think everybody's seen that movie. That's a good one. Everybody needs to watch it. But that'd be neat to go stay in the Still Magnolia's bed and breakfast and then and then watch the movie while you're there. Uh, yeah. You would have to watch the movie to prep yourself before yeah. you went and then while you were there. Oh, yeah. I'm, dev- I'm, I'm going to Natchitoches. I'm going. I'm going to say it. I'm going to Clarksdale, and I'm going to Natchitoches. <laughs> and I'm going to go on down to New Orleans. But oh, I, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll have to watch that one of these days. Before, definitely before we go down there, we're going to have to watch it before we go. Another movie was uh, the, the Man in the Moon with Reese Witherspoon mm-hmm. in 1991. So she's pretty young. I can't really remember what that's about, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Um, but anyway, that's uh, another one that's filmed there. 12 Years a Slave was, was filmed in the area on uh, four plantations outside Natchitoches were used. Uh, and it's actually uh, about Solomon uh, Northup. He uh, was a free man who was uh, captured, was kidnapped uh, up north, and then brought to Louisiana and sold into slavery. And the place where he was held was miles was a few miles from the Magnolia Plantation. So the actors and actresses who were, were playing playing the parts drew from this and uh and kinda they knew that where they were, their surroundings were a lot like uh what um what Northrop went through and what he saw. And um so if you watch that film you can you know it's a pretty powerful film. Mm-hmm. And that um that I think that, that probably added to their 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 acting and how how they portrayed that. Um, let's see. If you're in a, if you go stay at one of these bed and breakfasts, you got to go downtown. Uh, obviously, it's beautiful. They've got the uh, colonial yeah. homes with the yeah. balconies yeah. on the outside. Yeah, the cre- they call them Creole townhouses, and they're downtown, and they look yeah, the balconies and all mm-hmm. that. What you think about when you think about Louisiana and the French Quarter? And all that stuff and uh Mardi Gras. Mardi Gras, all those <laughs> all that all that that you think about being New Orleans, that's the the Creole townhouses and they were built between eighteen thirty and eighteen fifty. Mm-hmm. And um 
So you can go see those, um, but you also need to stop and get a Natchitoches meat pie. Meat pie. I'm not going to lie. That does not sound good. It, they look good, though. <laughs> they look good. If you know what a fried pie is, um, a fried apple pie, if you're from the South, I don't know. They might have them all over the, all over the place. Fried Probably. pies. They've got stuff like this. It's kind of like a pot pie, but it's just a little pocket uh, that you can hold, like, you know, holding your hand. Like a you hot know, it's pocket. It's a folded, yeah. It is. It's kind of <laughs> like a hot pocket. I mean, it's, it's a lot, lot like a hot pocket. It's kind of like a, a folded pie crust folded on itself so you can hold it. Kind of looks like a taco kind of kind of deal. So mm-hmm. uh, quesadilla, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's closed up. Anyway, Natchitoches meat pie, and they've been making them for, for hundreds of years there. Uh, it's actually one of Louisiana's official state foods. Uh, they said the uh, Native Americans even made them. So, mm. I mean, it's, oh, I mean, it's cool. been around for a while. Um, so you've got to get a Natchitoches meat pie. Uh, you can also go stay at, um, or not stay, you can go visit uh, the oldest general store in the area that was started in 1863, and it's still owned by the same family, uh, the Caffey Frederick Incorporated. Uh, go in there, you can get everything you need. Uh, you can, I saw, you can get buy big green eggs there, mm-hmm. barbecue, mm-hmm. barbecue uh, uh, pits, and uh, you can get stuff for your, just uh, any kind of hardware. Uh, kitchen stuff. It's just a general store. Right. General goods, general wares, whatever you need. That's cool you that they kept there. it in the family. Yeah, 1863. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. That's a lot of a lot of history. Uh, they've got a lot of cool toys, like historic toys there, like the uh, the pedal cars. Uh, they got red wagons. Mm-hmm. All that, those kind of uh, historically uh, historically popular toys from back in the you know our our parents' childhoods and mm-hmm. our, even our grandparents' childhoods. So. That's cool. Yeah. Um, they also have a Christmas light festival that started in 1927, and I can't imagine that would have been too long after they got electricity in the area. Um, you know, not too long. You know, a couple – talked about Edison mm-hmm. the last couple <laughs> weeks. But, uh, you know, that wasn't too long before uh, before this. And uh, the Christmas light festival is rated number three behind Disney World and Rockefeller Center for, for Christmas. That's insane. Christmas That's yeah. why they have 50 bed and breakfasts. <laughs> That's right. I mean, so they've got something there for all year. Uh, you can go in the summer, the spring, the summer. It doesn't matter when you go. Natchitoches is going to be beautiful. Um, people come from all over the world to see the lights, to see, um, to see the Still Magnolia's house in the town. Uh, but, I mean, number three, Christmas that's, lights that's, behind Disney World. Have you ever seen those? No. I mean, I've not I've been to Disney World, but I've seen pictures. I mean, I'm, you know it has yeah. to be. Heck, even Dollywood at Christmas time is very beautiful, I so I can't imagine what this is going to look like. I wonder if that's where Dolly got the inspiration for Dollywood Christmas. Oh. Christmas lights. Or Maybe because Because Pigeon Forge and Gratlinburg, all that area. I wonder mm-hmm. if she was like, hey, look what I saw in Natchitoches when I was filming Still Maybe. Magnolias. Dolly, if you're listening to us, can you let us know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm sure she is. <laughs> Please. Huck got to go to Dollywood this week. Oh. It was Mamaw. Um, anyway. I love Dollywood. Yeah, I do too. It's been a long time since I've been. Just cause COVID. But, uh, all right. Some, um, another notable piece of pop culture is Jim Croce was, was, was killed in a plane crash at the Natchitoches airport. Uh, they took off there and, and hit a tree. It was uh, September 20th, 1973. He was 30 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, he sung 
uh, Bad Bad Leroy Brown mm-hmm. and uh, Operator. Those okay. are those are two two big big ones for him. Um, I think I've talked about the Avett brothers before, but mm-hmm. Seth Avett uh, did a cover of Operator. He's done that in a couple of shows. Kind of a fan of the Avett brothers, but anyway, it's a good <laughs> uh, good cover of that song. Uh, it's kind of what I think about when I hear the Operator. Um, some notable, some other notable people who were from or lived in the area are Joanna Cassidy. She's an actress. I've heard of her name. I'm not real familiar with her, but she's Golden Golden Globe winning actress. So she's something. <laughs> she's something. Yeah, she's uh she's older. Uh, so when she was she was really popular, we we missed we missed that okay. before our time a little bit. Uh, Joe Dumars played played for the Pistons uh, in the 80s and 90s. I remember him. Um, that wasn't my time time frame. Uh, he uh, he works for Sacramento in the Sacramento Kings organization now. His brother David Dumars uh, played football. He was drafted by the Jets, um, but ended up not playing in the NFL. Played in the USA Football League back in the 80s. Um, Robert Harling, I talked about him already. He's the guy that wrote Still Magnolias uh, about his sister. Uh, she died in 1985. So that was pretty good, uh, pretty pretty quick turnaround, 85 to 89. Yeah, that is. It was, was made. Uh, that's great. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch that soon. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've watched it, but uh, that'll be a good one. Marquez Johnson, uh, he played in the NBA for the Bucks, And another guy named Gritz Gresham. I don't remember him, uh, but I'm sure if I was growing up, he was, he was on an ABC uh, TV show called The American Sportsman between 1966 and 1979. I was born in 79, but I'm sure if he went to the 80s, I would have watched him because that was one of the only three channels, three or four channels <laughs> I would have got in the 80s. So I'm sure I would have watched him, um, like Bill Dance and all those guys. But uh, anyway, that's Gret- Gritz Gresham, and he did a lot of fishing and uh, hunting around, around Natchitoches on that show. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of – Nakedish in a, a nutshell. Sm- <laughs> nutshell. How did you know I was going to say that? I paused. I was like, "No, don't say it again." But there it is. That's I gonna, love it. That's, that's your be- little slogan. Yeah, yeah. Do some fan art of Jason in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jason in a nutshell. <laughs> what you got, Shannon? Okay, so in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> Actually, this will be kind of in a nutshell. Um. There was a little girl named Avery Grace Evans. She was a smart, beautiful, brown-eyed 11-year-old who loved playing the violin and was an excellent straight-A student. And on November 5th, 1990, which I do have to say, this is random, but I feel like a lot of the a lot of the murders, at least I've researched, it's been like in November. Have you noticed that? No. Several of them have been in November. So anyway, but on November 5th, 1990, Avery was going around door to door in Natchitoches selling candy for a school fundraiser. She had stopped and this was, you know, 1990. You could do that. Now you could not do that. You do not go door to door. I don't think I would let my son go to across the street without me being right beside him. (laughs) Yeah. Back in the day, they'd let us out the door and 
didn't know where we were. Right. So, and that's what was happening. So she was going around door to door selling candy for a school fundraiser. She stopped to visit a friend at her house and was on her way. She told her friend at the house that she was going to make a few more stops and then go back home. And around the area of 5th and Stephen Streets is where she was last seen riding her pink, white, and purple Murray bicycle around 4.30 in the afternoon. So Avery was never seen or heard from since that day. And according to the research, sorry, according to the Resource Center for Cold Case Missing Children, her parents reported her missing to authorities at 7.28 p.m. after she didn't return home and the family was not able to locate her. So I'm assuming they went out looking for her and her bike, you know, if she was last seen at 4.30 and then they called at 728 you know they probably did their own little search around and canvas you know to make sure if they could locate her or not so authorities searched and searched for any sign of avery or her bicycle that she was riding but no trace was found during the beginning stage of the investigation Hmm. of course authorities interviewed avery's family members but none of them were considered suspect but that's pretty like i'm assuming that's like a normal thing they're gonna you know, dive into those fam like the parents and make sure that they're not going to be any suspect. So anyway, you can edit that out because that's dumb. Shortly after her disappearance, authorities received an anonymous letter from many, this is the town, many Louisiana, M-A-N-Y, many Louisiana, stating they had information on the case. This individual stated that he was sorry for what he did and that all the evidence went up in ashes to heaven. So she is with God. And that's in quotations. Like they received this letter from an unknown person and they said he's sorry for what he did. All the evidence is in ashes and she's with God now. So after receiving the letter, though, authorities first believed it was just a hoax because all the information was out in newspapers and TV. They had, you know, missing posters everywhere. They just thought maybe someone was, you know, just playing a game with them. Um, And the father and mother didn't really believe it as well. They, I'm assuming they wanted to believe that she was still still alive, alive, right? right. Yeah. So, um, but they were able to trace that letter back to a guy named Philip DeSalle. Philip was Avery's neighbor in 1990, so he lived right beside her. According to Avery's stepsister, Avery had previously sold him candy three different times in the past month. So she was doing this fundraiser and had he had asked for candy three different times, and mm. she had even told her sister that he had asked for her number, her telephone number. Yeah, so Avery told her sister, like, maybe she was creeped out. Like, this guy has, you know, but I'm going to keep selling him candy because he's wanting to buy it. Maybe I don't know. How old was he? Okay, so he was about around 40 years old. Not too old, but he does kind of look a little creepy. Yeah, and I was wondering if he was, like, 15. Yeah. 15 talking to an 11-year-old is still weird, but a Mm 40-year-old. Yeah, a 40-year-old talking to an 11-year-old and wanting their number is disgustingly creepy uh yeah and if i just feel like if avery told her stepsister that she sold candy three times and he's asked for her number she was probably a little creeped out otherwise you just wouldn't say that right right i mean so anyway okay so desal was arrested and charged with first degree murder and kidnapping and avery's death on january 1991 
so a year later. DeSalle later confessed that he convinced Avery to enter his home where he strangled her, and DeSalle was asked why he murdered her, and he just said he snapped that day. He just lost it. Yeah. To an 11-year-old. Just, wow. He just woke up that day and just snapped. (sighs) He told investigators that he dumped the bicycle in Sybil Lake and allegedly disposed her body by putting it in a dumpster. Authorities and the FBI searched through tons and tons of garbage for several weeks at a landfill that was about 70 miles away, but they never found her remains or any trace of her remains. But authorities were able to locate the bicycle in the lake. So he did, he did, um, yeah, yeah. he did show them that. Um, Since there was no body, though, it was hard for the court system to prove first degree murder. DeSalle pleaded guilty to kidnapping and manslaughter and was sentenced to just 40 years in prison. Mm, In 2007, though, he was up for parole, which was denied thanks to Avery's family because they put out a petition and had a bunch of signatures, so it was denied. He didn't re-up for parole. He, He was up every year after that, but he didn't... He didn't go through it, that right. process again. But he was released from prison, serving only 24 years for this 11-year-old. So he's out hmm. of prison now. Um, and he lives in, uh. a, in a town in Louisiana. And, of course, this little girl's family is so upset. Right. I mean, justice was not served in my eyes for him um, 24 years is not long enough for a guy who just snapped and killed an 11 year old who was just trying to raise money for her school yeah i'll be like if he just snapped one day and did this how could he not do that again just snap again and he confessed the murder which is also i'm like he confessed to it he pointed to the bicycle he you know, you guys found it. Like, yeah, I just don't understand not, how the... He confessed to it. How can you not get a, get a first degree yeah. life, life sentence out of that? So, he lives in a town. I don't know how close it is, but it is in Louisiana. Too close. Too close, yeah. yeah. So, he lives somewhere ar- close to there, and the family, somehow his address was leaked, and they put it on social media because they're, you know, they don't want anybody else's family to go through what they went through. Right. So he's had to move several different times for his uh, parole stuff. Yeah, I know. Poor guy. Yeah, and he's registered as a sex offender. So anyway, I just hope this guy doesn't... Um, I hope the rest of his life. I mean, if he's if he's out of prison, I hope he's miserable. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure he will be. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. But just that for poor family just have to endure such a sad, difficult time. And then for... Didn't have to deal with this. Yeah. Still knowing that like, he's I out. don't know that I could. They're strong because I don't know how I could know that snap. someone's out. Yeah. And yeah. I might just snap take, myself. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, it's a sad story, but. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah, that's that's bad. I'm glad they did they did catch him and did get some closure, but man, I wish he was still in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. He'll get his. He'll get his eventually. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, like we say every week, uh, that crime does not define the town. We've talked a lot, a lot more good about Natchitoches than we have bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, true crime, we do, we do dive in to see what, to try to figure out what these people are thinking and how, uh, how could they do something like this? It also 
probably makes us a little more aware mm-hmm. of our surroundings and uh, and keeps her keep her family a little bit closer now because we know that these people are out there and uh, that we have to watch out for the people we love. Uh, so um, don't let this uh, take you down on on Natchitoches. It's a beautiful town, like we said, fifty bed and breakfast. That's just crazy. That is crazy. You stayed in a bed and breakfast. Uh, no, nah, but we, we want to, yeah. it's just, we normally go to such big cities and right. you know, you're not near yeah. something like that, but when we went to Maine. We stayed in an inn, which was, I mean, it was pretty much a bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. It had, uh, had some bungalows that had in a separate building that had been built and that's where we stayed. Our room was, but it was just a, an old house, uh, but it was a bed and breakfast inn, and, uh, it was beautiful. That's the first one we've ever stayed in like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't spend, spend a lot of time inside the, the main house, but. Uh, but it was cool. That is I cool. think, uh, it's a little bit more intimate setting and, uh, it was, you know, nice and quaint. I'm sure the ones in Natchitoches are, are beautiful. Like I said, the, that still Magnolia's thing, that's just cool. You know, stay in that. I yeah, said that, like that would be cool. You definitely times. need to do that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Some, uh, some places to go, uh, when you're there. Uh, you can go the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame is in Natchitoches. Mm. It's a pretty modern looking building. Um, with all these historic buildings, it's kind of, it, it's, it looks different, uh, but it does kind of fit, uh, somehow. Um, uh, there's all kinds of things in there. Uh, on the documentary, they showed, you know, Shaq being introduced into the Louisiana Hall of Fame. He played at LSU. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, there's also a historic muse- historical museum there in the same building. And, um, uh, you know, I was talking about uh, Clementine Hunter, her paintings. Or you can find some of those in there. Uh, find stuff from plantations, uh, the, the slavery um, era there, uh, f- things from there, writings and, and just different different things. Uh, voodoo was a, is a thing in Louisiana. Um, it was a way uh, people used it. Yeah, that's kind of. They were, yeah, the, and the ghost hunter guys, or the ghosts, whatever they're called. They were scared when they saw a little dog. Uh, yeah, they were <laughs> talking about, like, people would, like, they would, you know, the slaves were trying to get back at their their captors, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they couldn't really do anything physically, so they were trying whatever they could, and voodoo was some, some way they were trying to use uh, to get back at them. They were trying to do whatever they could to get, get revenge, justice, whatever, on their captors. Uh, so voodoo, there's a you know section on voodoo there at the museum. Uh, you, there's free walking tours in Natchitoches that you can find. Um, I talked about the meat pies, Lassions. There's no French pronunciation. <laughs> uh, I had to look that one up, like rewind two or three times to hear the pronunciation, so I can. I even mispronounce pronunciation. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lassions uh, meat pies to go in there. Um, They've been there for a while, and that seems to be the most famous place to get those. Okay. So, uh, and Northwestern State University is there also. Okay. Um, so there's a big university there. Um, all right. Like I said, go visit Natchitoches. But now it's time to throw the dart and see where we go next week. Yes. So hang on just one second. We'll be right back. Okay, Jason, where'd you hit? We hit St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud, Minnesota. I don't yep. know why I feel like I always need to repeat that every time you well, say it. <laughs> so we can get it in your mind. Minnesota. Oh, gosh. I don't, uh, not 
I know. Immediately, I'm thinking Fargo, but uh, that's, that's in not North Dakota. Yeah, North yeah. Dakota. Okay. We talked about the show, and I think when we were in Wisconsin, we probably confused some people because we were talking about Fargo. <laughs> yeah. That was two states over, <laughs> but we we're just talking about the area and the region and the and the accent. Uh, so anyway, yeah, Minnesota, uh, Saint Cloud, Minnesota. Okay. I don't know anything about Saint Cloud. I have no idea, honestly. The only time I've been to Minnesota was in the airport. In, uh, I just think of cold. Minneapolis. Yeah. It's too cold for me. It's got a great airport. It's beautiful. I've been through there a few times, and it's uh, I like the airport. It's yeah. one of Emily's favorite airports. Okay. So, Detroit's got a cool one. Yeah. Speaking of northern airports, hmm. uh, they got like a little light tunnel. Uh-huh. It's pretty cool going through there. But <laughs> All right. That was random. I'm going to edit that out. All right. Uh, so stay tuned next week. Episode 16 will be on St. Cloud, Minnesota. St. Cloud, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat it. <laughs> and uh, if you're not from, from St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we haven't done your town, maybe next week we will be in your town. <laughs> Let me say that differently. <laughs> so if you're not from St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we haven't done your town, that's the name of our show, Your Town. And next week, we might throw the dart and it land in your town. <laughs> uh, so goofy. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>